Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Lawrence. Great to have you on the show, Adam. Thanks for having me again, Will. So Adam's background uh, in property is uh, immense, would be the, uh, the simple way of describing it. Uh, 500 plus completed UK property transactions, co-founder of Partners in Property and uh, involved in a number of, of other uh, property ventures, including uh, managing a uh, extensive portfolio um, with some joint venture partners. So Adam, we, we're going to uh, be getting into the, the main topic shortly, but um, I thought we'd, we'd like to just uh, make people aware of PIP Live, which is Partners in Property Live, which is an event coming up shortly. Uh, as one of the organisers, what, what's it about? Uh, how can people find out more and what, why would they come along? That's right, Well, 24th, 25th of June, 2022. So uh, this is an event that's going to bring together partners in property, members from all over the country, and also people who are new to PIP, um, haven't tried us out before, want to see what we're all about. And we're getting together some of the very, very best and most active speakers in the property industry, people who don't come to speak at other property events, some of whom are flying in from abroad just to make the meeting, which is amazing um and we're going to be running a two-day event uh including a very great massive round table event on the friday night which we're calling a monster mind um and then uh, a summer ball on the saturday night so a chance to do some networking and let the hair down a little bit as well will so something for everyone okay well, one of the things that i've consistently found with pip events is that um the people in the room uh the vast majority of them are, are like-minded individuals. They're, they're people who are, are positive, they're, they're actively involved in property, uh, and uh, it's a safe space would probably be a, a fair summary. Now, the learning that you, you gain um, from the, the, the presentations is, a, in my opinion, an added bonus on top of that. Some people may view it the other way around. Brilliant. And that's, that's the whole idea. We're really something for everyone, as we say. Uh, so we're going to be talking about size matters. Uh, and you, you might want to illuminate the listeners uh, how we came up with that piece of uh, clickbait as a, as a title. <laughs> so we've had an interesting week. Um, 1% bank base rate after the Bank of England meeting, 10% plus inflation now being forecast by the Bank of England this year, later this year, which is a, a pretty large um, 
uh, admission of, of something that approaches failure for a central bank that's supposed to keep inflation as near to two as they possibly can. But it's a tough time. And it's been an eventful week um, around not just in inflation and interest rates, but the stock market and some of the speculative markets as well. Well, tough week for NFTs. If you've missed the headlines on that one, I saw a 92% price crash figure. Um, not so sure about the veracity of that, but it's, it's been extremely volatile. There's no two ways about it. Um, so I thought it would be a good time to do us a little bit of a walk down economic memory lane and then provide some actionable tactical content that I think landlords and investors generally should be following at this time. Uh, and I think that's that's your strength, Adam, your, your ability to take the macroeconomics macro as an economist, uh, but apply them to uh, the likes of um, uh, the great unwashed uh, within property investment like myself. Um, we're, we're looking for what, what should we do next? What, what's the outlook for uh, investment? What, what's the outlook for uh, the portfolio? What what's uh, what's the actionable tactical points as you you put it, and I think you blend that really well. Thanks for the kind words, Will. I, I try to, and one of the reasons why I love property is because you don't have to do these sort of seismic shifts and um, gigantic changes every few months. Um, it is a long term game, but of course you do still need to stay on top of all of that stuff. And we've had a week where you know, the media has gone completely mad. They, they tend to do that in these situations or whenever they get half a chance. You know, it's taken up all the headlines, the Bank of England monetary policy meeting reports, um, because the, the word recession has been mentioned, although they were very careful to leave it out of their minutes. Um, and, and the papers have picked up in that in their own way with their own political bent, really. So for those who, who don't know or don't follow it in quite the level of detail that I do, Every other meeting of the Bank of England MPC involves a refresh of their committee report. And this was one of those meetings. So you'd struggle to have missed the fact that base rates moved to 1% if you've got any kind of exposure to leverage. Um, and in quote marks, it's highest rate in 13 years um, since March 2009. You could also note that in the 315 years before that, the bank has always set the base rate since 1694. The rate has never been anywhere near as low as 1%. And this is why context is important. So if 1% base puts anyone in trouble, they were in trouble anyway. But it does bring some interesting pressures onto the table. Firstly, I want to be clear that the direction of travel is of much more concern than the actual rate itself. The financial markets consider 2.5% to be a likely base rate by the middle of next year, the middle of 2023, just over 12 months away. So six more rate hikes in that time. And the bank is quite clever in these situations. Uh, what they do is they say, well, the market's a better forecaster of all of these things than anybody else in the long run. And then they model inflation, unemployment and GDP growth, amongst some other things, based on what the market is saying. So... Their forecast models now show that GDP will go down 0.25% in 2023, which may or may not represent a technical recession if it happens. So remember that the definition of a technical recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Um, but, but either way, this is a very fragile situation, according to the bank's models. Um, You've also got the remainder 
of what I've affectionately called the zombie landlords over the years. Mortgages taken out with 20 and 25 year terms, interest only between 2003 and 2007. Usually on tracker rates, usually about one to two and a half percent above the base rate. Um, since the fixed terms have expired on those mortgages, they haven't had to deal with base as high as 1%. Now, although it's not a high rate of interest, remember that a huge majority of these landlords have also got Section 24 taxation to contend with. So as mortgage interest goes up, they take a proportionately larger hit than anybody else because of the turnover taxation element of the partial withdrawal of mortgage interest rate relief. So for some of these landlords, who can sometimes be poorly organised and have often spent all of the money they've made in rent or cash flow over this time, a couple more rises really could be a bridge too far. They may not even realise until their 2022-23 tax return goes in, of course, but they will see the bank balance changing, not progressing upwards as it was, or even going downwards. And of course, this could lead to disposals. So it's then sensible to look at Two examples, two theoreticals at either end of the spectrum as we sit here today, Will. Firstly, the aspiring entrance to the investment or buy-to-let market. A theoretical person, a theoretical deposit or some working capital, let us say 100K. That, that looks yeah. like a, a good uh, reference point at one end. We do see plenty of, uh, of Facebook posts and that number does come up again and again, it seems. So... Their biggest danger right now is inflation at 10% plus eroding that investment pot or working capital significantly. They've got a year before it's worth 90K or, dependent on which sector they're most exposed to, potentially less than that. Their biggest weapon would be some sensible exposure to some fixed rate nominal debt that will depreciate in real terms thanks to this inflation. That's what they're really missing out on if they're not in the market right now. This is a good time, though, to revise one of my favourite sayings. Do not be a motivated buyer. A mistake in a market like this could cost you more than 10%. So prudence is still the very most important factor. Return of investment before return on investment. And I know I'm a bit of a broken record on that, so I apologise. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, we could consider a portfolio landlord with, say, 40 properties. Perhaps they've got some considerable floating rate exposure, as I mentioned above, either by choice or by accident. Personally, we carry about 20% floating rate debt, as that's the number I've been comfortable with, and has garnered us considerable margin in the low interest rate environment. The proportion of floating rate debt will be important for the percentage. With floating rate, you have things to consider. You might not have to consider when you're talking about fixed rates. Covenants, for example, around loans of value, which has provided absolutely no issue in the past few years and is unlikely to do so because of how much the market has moved upwards, but also around debt service coverage. So effectively, how much of the rent goes on servicing the interest part of the mortgages? And when I reflect on this at this point, and some of this is to do with uh, spiralling maintenance costs, um, some of it's to do with just revising some of the changes there have been in the market over the last few years. And if I, if I think about the major risks that are still out there on a market or macro level, as far as investment properties are concerned, the relatively slim debt service coverage ratios imposed by the regulators are one of them. So if we just take a moment to... 
So when I look at the major risks still out there on a market or macro level, as far as investment property is concerned, the relatively slim debt service coverage ratios imposed by the regulators are one of them. So if we just take a moment to revise those, Will, firstly, at five-year fixed rates and beyond, these can be stress tested at the pay rate, i.e. the mortgage interest rate, and can be as low as 125%. So if the rent's £1,000, the mortgage can be £800 per month. Now, if you use an agent and the building has any age to it whatsoever, you're extremely unlikely to be in positive cash flow territory at that level. It's nearly impossible. Now, of course, some of the floating rate lenders set their covenants a lot higher. Even at the regulatory level, if you're not fixed for five years or more, the debt service coverage ratio is set at 145%. So with a rent of £1,000, they'll allow for about £690 a month mortgage payment. 25% um, in cost is considered a typical figure, although with inflation on maintenance and the labour to perform it, 30% might be more prudent at the moment, which still leaves very little or no cash flow. As the rates go up a quarter of a percent at a time, that payment goes up and bang go the covenants. So this needs to be worked through quite carefully if you're a portfolio landlord reading this with exposure to these covenants or listening to this. Where are your quick wins? Well, you'll still be able to fix on limited company mortgages in the low threes right now or on personal name guys. So that's perhaps in the mid to high twos. Um, that might be a pretty good idea. You've probably got three to four months left in that time window if you're listening to this in May 22. You can also look at disposal, of course, as I mentioned above. Um, I like to watch return on equity as an ongoing metric. We've achieved some amazing figures over the past few years thanks to the upswing in the market. But the result of massive capital growth, perhaps 40% in the last three years in some areas, is that yields inevitably suffer if rents don't go up so quickly. And although we've had some 40% rises in rents on the turnover of tenancies, despite curating our rents every year, those are the very highest numbers. We're really seeing an average in about the low teens in terms of our rent increases. If yields are low, covenants are closer to being breached. And if there is a lot of lazy equity within a property, you might want to redeploy it if you manage to add a lot of value onto the way in to a purchase, which has tended to be my own model. Um, we're in a market right now where refinancing for a remortgage might lead to a 230K valuation on a property that's easily worth 250 right now and could sell at 260 or 270 on the open market. I'm using that as a live example from our portfolio right now where exactly that has happened. So curating the rents to somewhere near market levels is also absolutely critical. Rate increases mean margin squeezes. Either you take it or you share the burden with the tenant. Every other business in the world operates like this. It might feel very difficult at the moment with the cost of living being squeezed. And those are the choices that you face. And if you can afford to be altruistic, then that's fantastic. Hang on though, surely I can't advocate building up a cash pile in the bank when inflation is 10% plus. Am I going mad? Well, the answer to that is that it depends as always. One thing I learned when doing my MBA at business school is that those two words, it depends are the answer to almost every question worth asking. Arguably even, would you marry me? Although I wouldn't recommend the answer to that question if you get asked it. That might be another episode. <laughs> it sure might be. Might be an expensive answer to a question. Um, 
it chiefly depends on your own personal cash position. So back to our one example, no assets, savings of 100K, wanting to get into the investment market. Inflation is very damaging. Back to our other example, the portfolio landlord, perhaps with under 50K in the bank, millions of pounds worth of debt, a ton of paper money after the last few years. They need to remember, you can't eat paper. With a potential squeeze coming, and a definite squeeze here in terms of rates going upwards. I would consider looking at this as a ratio. If there's, say, 50K in the bank and a million pounds in debt, that's a 20 to 1 ratio of cash to debt. If you do nothing with that 50K, and a lot of investors and developers listening to this will laugh, because it doesn't tend to hang around in the bank for long, even if you are lucky enough to have it, let's face it. Then at 10%, that 50K loses 5K of purchasing power in 12 months. However, that £1 million debt loses 100K of its quantum in real terms in the same time period. That's a net 95K thanks to inflation. Now, that's obviously assuming fixed rate debt, not floating. But changing that ratio downwards means less inflation leverage, but a bigger margin of safety. With the R word recession, all over the papers, a likely event is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's fair to say that I'm closer to 75% probability of a recession, or at least a period of negative GDP growth, whether it's a technical recession or not, than the 50% I was at only about a week ago. Um, I underestimated the press reaction and probably also underestimated the candor of the bank in terms of admitting to greater than 10% inflation which alongside a few others I've been predicting for 2022 for some months now. So you need to consider all of this very carefully. I can't emphasize enough. Every situation is different and your own circumstances are effectively bespoke. I've posited two ends of the spectrum, but I can't remember a better time to be looking care very carefully at the figures in your portfolio and seeking to make the economic conditions, particularly the inflation, work in your favour rather than against you. Investors are in a privileged position. Borrowing has been a better move than saving for the past 15 years. And whilst rates are going up, it may still right now be the best time yet to be borrowing with the caveat that five and above year fixed rates. And please watch the early repayment charges on the longer loans always are by far the best way to be borrowing right now. The window is open. Be philosophical about your own early repayment charges, because I see lots of investors never consider wanting to pay an early repayment charge. And go for it, because when the window slams shut, you don't want to be outside. In terms of the important metric at the moment, it isn't the 1% base rate. It is the 10% plus inflation rate. But more important than all is the direction of travel. So it turns out the size does matter, darling but the direction is where it is really at. So until next time, my best advice is keep calm and carry on, Will. Well, well that, that's fantastic. There's so many moving parts out there um, and you've, you've characterised them in a, in a way that uh, as an individual investor, I, I feel like I've got a much clearer picture. So Adam Lawrence, check him out on LinkedIn and look up uh, PIP Live or Partners in Property Live on the Partners in Property Community Facebook page. Uh, Adam, pleasure once again, and we'll, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Will. Always a pleasure. 
welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media and if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.